think we're all the same. Like we feel like we kind of have to figure it out a little bit before we ask for help. And that's again just what society tells us is like do it on your own, figure it out. You can do this. Are you really a boss mom if you haven't done it on your own? But <laughs> really nobody has found success without help, right? We we all have gotten help along the way. Hello fempreneurs. My name is Lindsay Berry. Welcome to the Fempreneur Marketing Podcast or welcome back if you've been listening for a while. Today's episode is an interview with a real estate agent, a real estate investor, and a money coach. It is a very inspiring interview, and I know you're going to take tons away from it. So let's dive in. I've, you know, I've always had an entrepreneurial background. So my parents and grandparents, everybody was entrepreneurs. So my my goal initially was to become an accountant, but yeah. Long story short, here I am, right? Uh, life always takes you places where you don't expect and never say never. So uh, what I did was I, I did get my Bachelor of Commerce and um, at the University of Manitoba and then ended up um, becoming a mortgage broker and then a real estate agent. So I've been doing that now for about 16 years. And then about five to six years ago, I started doing some money coaching as well. So just helping people with their finances, whether that's uh, small business owners, uh, individuals, and some of that just came from, again, listening to people and what they were looking for. So when I was helping people buying a house or selling a house, suddenly they'd be like, you know, you seem to know a little bit about money. Uh, can I ask you some questions? And when you listen to what people want and you see that there's a need, then uh, you just meet meet the need. So, um, and then we have, uh, my husband has a business and I also have a side business doing home staging as well. Wow, you're a busy lady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good for you. The real estate market looks like it's hopping in the area of Manitoba where you are. So are you living right in Winnipeg? I live about an hour uh, south, so I'm a rural girl. Yeah, so I've been, uh, my whole life, we've lived outside of our major city, which is Winnipeg. Uh, but it's a close enough drive that I do business in Winnipeg as well as our rural area. Oh, good for you. So you're living the country life and you get to be yeah. close to the city. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. I love that you've already touched on the importance of listening to your people and when you feel called to to learn about another area of your business and to, to kind of niche down even further that you really should do that as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, but you know, you made it sound kind of easy too. So I'm curious to know, <laughs> let's go back to that stage where people were asking you to do things uh, around money coaching. How did you kind of take that message? And then what did you do? What were the, how did you process that? And what were the steps that you took to become a money coach? Yeah, well, even that, you know, I think things always come full circle. So even as like a teenager already, I was trying to figure out, okay, I see people in business around me, you know, I had the benefit of that watching your parents as entrepreneurs. But you still think, well, I got to figure this out on my own. And you know, too proud to ask too many questions. So, uh, so I would try and pick up as much as I can. And, you know, back in the nineties, there wasn't podcasts and there's so much at our fingertips now and exactly what we're doing, right. Where people can listen in and learn from others. So I just tried to get as many books as I could and, um, just learning about personal finance and like, well, when I have to move out, you know, as a teenager, how am I going to pay bills and how am I going to figure all this stuff out? So, kind of went full circle to get back into sort of more the personal finance side. And then obviously through university took a lot about um, 
entrepreneurship, all the financial stuff. I had already taken all that education. Uh, so I ended up taking a money coaching course, a life coaching course, and I still want to take a relationship coaching course as well. Uh, that's kind of like the last piece, I think. Um, and just from dealing with people in my business for so long, you get a lot of life knowledge as well. But really just being able to read people and figure out, you know, asking the right questions, right, when you're coaching. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where I am. So it's it's grown pretty organically. It's just as I run into people or people hear from others, oh, I heard you're doing this. Um, I've, I've taught uh, teens in money course, so teaching teenagers about money and thinking that through and hopefully getting them on the right path before they hit the real world as well. So, yeah, sort of wherever, wherever it takes me is uh, on that side of things is how it's grown. Nice. It sounds yeah. like you're really flexible, and that's part of why you have so many irons in the fire. How do you run your day-to-day -day as a fempreneur that's kind of multi-passionate, like even though everything comes down to helping people create wealth and understand that, but you still have, you're wearing a lot of hats, it sounds like. You're a real estate investor. You also are a realtor. You're a money coach. You're teaching kids about money. Um, how do you divide your time? How do you kind of, how do you structure your life to be able to do all the things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, whenever you see anybody doing a lot of stuff, there's a team behind them, and that's definitely the case. So already, I would say my second second or third year into real estate, way back then, uh, I had hired somebody, and it was just very part-time. So I was like, okay, I think I could start to use some help here. And now, you know, there's so many more options again where, you know, you can hire people through Fiverr and and you know, get virtual assistance and, and they just didn't, there wasn't those things back then as much, right? Um, so I just hired somebody that I ran into at actually at a real estate appointment and they said they were thinking of getting back into the workforce after um, taking time off to raise their children. And I just said, well, I have a few hours every week if you wanted to work like part-time and you know, it went from two mornings to two full days to next thing you know, it's full time. So I just really grew small, right? You just mm -hmm. go small, go slow, as slow as it takes that you're comfortable with. Um, but I think people tend to, because it's complicated and it's something you haven't done, especially with hiring and growing your business, um, that people put it off longer than they should. Yeah. And so I always recommend as quickly as possible where you start to feel that need where you just can't handle everything uh, to get help. And that that's what really catapults you, I think, into future growth. But you have to be able to take that first step and say, okay, I can do this and I can hire somebody. Because the problem that most people have is when you've grown your business, it's your baby. And you always mm -hmm. think, nobody will have this uh, down pat like I will. Nobody can have the same voice on social media that I have and, and things like that. But I always challenge people when I'm coaching, you know, there's people who will do it better than you. And uh, what if you find that person, right? So, so it's really trusting yourself first before you can trust others. Wow, that's awesome. I like that's beautifully said. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs that I'm uh, working with right now are at that stage where um, there's really only one way to increase their income, and that is to hire someone and stop doing everything themselves so that they can go and create income while they're 
assistant or whoever is is over here keeping the other balls in the air so what a timely message for all of them printers listening to this episode so thank you for reminding us of that um is there anything else you would okay so let's pretend like you could talk to yourself 10 years ago so your 10 year younger self what would you tell her i i don't often look back and say man i could have done this better or that better and I think that the, the timing is just always different, the environment that we're in, right? You know, so again, now we do podcasts. Now we do uh, way more video than we did then. Um, I think I held back from social media longer than I should have just because there was that unknown of, you know, how do you manage this with, with your business and things like that. I still jumped in sooner than other people, but, you know, there's a bit of a hesitation there. So... Uh, I don't know if there's anything I would do different uh, for today. I would sit like, you know, if somebody was just joining and listening today uh, and thinking of starting their business today, I would uh, say, try not to, to get a lot of information, but don't wait. Like mm. so often we're just stuck in inaction and, you know, time and time again, you run into people and they say, man, I should have started this business five years ago or, Oh, I should have invested money five years ago. Like, I don't know why I waited, right? Yeah. So we just tend to be on autopilot so much in our lives. And that, that can be in our business too. We can get comfortable. So right. uh, obviously just going through COVID, business owners have, have felt that need to adjust things and a lot of stuff did change. But um, But if you're starting today, I would say, yeah, take action and just get started as soon as you can. And I think it ties into what you said earlier about finding help. Like, I don't know what your story is with social media, but when you decided to kind of jump in with two, with both feet and really just, you know, get on social media and use it as a marketing tool, did you ask for help with that? Or were you more like me and just kind of flung yourself in there and figured it out as you went? Or was it a mix of both? Or like, how did you really get into using social media as a marketing tool? Yeah, I I think a lot of it was just sort of trying trying things as I go and like you said that I think we're all the same like we feel like we kind of have to figure it out a little bit before we ask for help and that's again just what society tells us is like do it on your own figure it out you can do this are you really a boss mom if you haven't done it on your own but really <laughs> nobody has found success without help right we we all have gotten help along the way we've all had somebody pass on a great lead for our business and have helped that way you know there's just so much um and so that's what i would say would be yeah definitely i agree with you you know ask for help as soon as you can too and uh find people who have already done it i think another thing that's sometimes tricky is everybody also also always says well this is the this is the course that will bring you to ten thousand dollars a month or this is the course that will yeah. you know give you the confidence you need and so sometimes i find it hard to know who do you trust right even i've signed up for stuff that even I've gotten referrals from for people and I've watched them for five or six years before I've signed up and it's still you know you can get burnt along the way mm. um, so I guess that's the other thing is sometimes um, again people hold back because they're like I don't know if this is the right person but even if you take those steps forward sometimes you, you know you'll get burnt or you'll spend money um, along the way and things just won't work out how you thought but Again, that's just part of being in business. Yeah, yeah. Forgive and move on and yeah, look to the next open door and yeah, I like that. 
Did you know that the best way to help other fempreneurs find this podcast is by following or subscribing? If you love these weekly doses of marketing power, guess what? Other fempreneurs are going to love them too, and you have the power to help them find this podcast. Thank you so much for helping us empower more women to build their dream businesses. All right, let's get back to today's episode. So regarding wealth creation and your money coaching business, what are some of the most common challenges people are facing right now when it comes to kind of grasping their um, wealth creation, you know, their future and the knowledge and the skills it takes to really improve their finances? What are some of those common questions and obstacles you're seeing? Um, I think people are looking for the way, like there's only one way to do this, or they're looking for the magic bullet, or they're looking for the the one way. So they don't want to, what if crypto won't work? What if crypto does work? What if, what if, what if, what if? Um, I should probably just take a few more courses. I should probably read a few more books. And so it's sort of that same thing. I think that plagues us in all areas of life uh, where people are stuck in inaction because there's so much out there. So I think, you know, when I was a kid um, in the 80s, I always use this example, like if I would go to the grocery store with my mom, you know, there was this many options for cereal, right? Now you go to the grocery store, you got a whole aisle of cereal. So what do you see people do? They're just standing there in the aisle looking at everything and they can't make a decision on cereal. How are we supposed to make decisions on investing and everything else, right? There's so much at our fingertips. There's so much information out there. And, um, so that's the biggest thing is again people saying man why didn't i invest so much so much sooner so many years ago why didn't i start um and it often takes some type of pain point or something changing in life for people to say okay now is the time i have to finally get going with this right yeah and what's one of the first things you have these people do when they start working with you what's one of those first action steps you have them take to get on the right track Yeah, well, so it's very customized to where people are at. So again, if it's a pain point, it's maybe, hey, I lost my job. I don't know what to do now. We had to go to one income. How do we adjust? Um, I keep struggling and I'm never getting ahead. I'm barely making the payments. What do I do? So it's usually a pain point of why they're coming in. Um, No different than, yeah, marital counseling. You know, you don't really go for maintenance and to keep things up. You go when things become crucially bad. So (laughs) there's this pain point again. Um, So, yeah, it just depends where people are at. Usually the first step is like laying the groundwork of, okay, where are we at? Let's assess what's the issue, you know, where are we having struggle? And then getting people to a stable place. So if you're not making your payments every month, we've got to just get to that stable place. The next person could be coming in and they're saying, hey, I have never invested. I just want to start doing that, right? So we're looking at their budget and figuring out, okay, how much can you invest? What would that look like? I don't sell investments. So at that point, after they've sort of figured out some things, then they can go to an investment person and get rolling on that. Um, And then small business owners, um, that really depends again too. Some people are looking at, I want to ramp up my sales. Some people are like, I don't know. I don't understand these financials I get back from my bookkeeper. I just need to sit down and really get a handle on my finances. Um, So yeah, wherever they're at, wherever people are at, kind of meet them there. And then we push forward with a plan from there. 
Right. What's one of the most common things that you hear yourself saying over and over again in these meetings? Something that you just find a lot of people are kind of missing the boat on, or maybe because we all grew up in the 80s of parents who never talked to us about money or yeah. something that is just something that you really do feel like you, you repeat over and over again. I think people blame themselves so much for money and it's really getting to the root of like, this is an emotional thing. This is not a judgment on you. You know, you haven't failed as a person if you're struggling with money uh, because often our self-worth is wrapped up in how much money we have, right? Mm -hmm. We're struggling, like, who am I? Like, look at all these people who are successful. Why can't I do this, right? Yeah. Um, so just really getting to the heart of, like, what's the underlying issue or not even issue, but looking at why you spend is the biggest thing. And that really we make decisions emotionally. It, it's not usually logically. If we could all make completely logical decisions, we would all be better off financially. But emotions always play into that, whether that's fear around money, um, whether that's, you know, you were told as a kid, you're never going to amount to anything, you know, maybe you struggle with self-worth, so you're constantly spending a lot of money to make yourself feel better, but mm. really there's something else you need to work on. Um, so really getting to the root of why people are spending money. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. And of course, that's different for everyone. Um, and is that just usually like a conversation that you have with them? Do you have like a questionnaire that kind of results in the answer? Or like, how do you find that answer with these people usually? Yeah, it's really just discussion and, yeah. you know, starting when, when you're a kid, you know, what are your earliest thoughts around money? What are the things that you remember? Um, and when people usually work from, you know, three or four, right, as soon as you can kind of start remembering what was ever said, um, then we can sort of uncover why things happened um, or are happening currently. Um, sometimes food and money are tied together. So, um, I had somebody who they struggled, uh, their parents struggled financially and they were getting um, food from the food bank and this woman just said, I remember the stress still that my mom, I could feel it on my mom, right? I could feel that she was constantly like, we just have to make sure we have enough food in this house. So now as an adult, her pantry is overstocked. Mm because she's overcompensating for what she grew up with, right? Even though logically there's no problem anymore, but emotionally that stuff stays with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so back to your childhood and comparing that and the money lessons you got to what you've done with your children, um, how many kids do you have? Uh, four kids. Four kids, okay. And so what are some of the key differences that you've implemented as a parent around teaching your kids about money? Maybe some things that you felt were gaps in your childhood or um, any of that kind of stuff? Uh, I would say probably we, uh, on my side, we definitely talked about things a lot. My parents were pretty open. Um, so I don't think that, I think we probably, my husband and I would have uh, done a lot of what, what I grew up with. Um, on his side, I don't know if they were as intentional about money conversations. So definitely they were, he was taught, save your money, save your money. Um, and he was a good saver. Um, and he actually ended up, um, yeah, really saving all of his money that he had from working as a teenager and ended up buying a small rental house when he was 17 already. So he really yeah. had his parents helping him a lot too and kind of guiding him. Um, but I would say 
I don't know that they had the day-to-day kind of conversations as much as maybe my parents would have. Um, But yeah, we talked about it a lot. Again, you know, when your parents are in business, unless they keep everything really at work, uh, which I think they did later in life, but in the beginning, yeah, you hear a little bit more about the struggles, right? So I don't think we were, um, that was hidden from us. And so I think that that is an important lesson too. Uh, So my parents grew their business from like two employees to about, 40 I think by the time they sold so you're going to have issues right they were doing big projects you'd have cash flow issues between when money's coming in and when it has to go out and so we heard all that kind of stuff and I think in today's world we try and hide kids we Mm -hmm. try and hide the struggle from kids Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the right thing to do I think kids need to know like yeah, mom's going to be gone all day today, but it's because we have to, sometimes we have to work. Work comes first. Sometimes play comes first. If we don't work hard, we can't do the fun stuff. Um, And one thing that I really promote, I guess, in our family is just working together. Everyone's got to pull, you know, pull their weight. Everyone's got to help out. And it's not always fair, fair, fair. You know, sometimes one person will do more work because the other one's busy with something else. And, Mm So I think it's just um, sort of that that team mentality is what we really try and promote with our kids as well. Yeah. So how can we support you? Do you have events coming up? Do you have something on your website that is time sensitive that people need to get before it's gone? Like what kind of stuff do you have going on that people can partake in? Uh, yeah, so I've got uh, seven weeks to financial freedom. People can sign up for that course anytime if they want. So if you prefer a course, uh, we kind of cover all the money topics in that in seven weeks. And then there's also coaching. So if you prefer a one-on-one conversation, uh, there's no long-term commitment. It's kind of like when you feel that you're done, we're good. So uh, if you feel after six months you need to come back, we could do that. Yeah. Um, and then I am teaching that Teens and Money course in early June. So there will be information out there on that as well. So if you want to get your kids, uh, you know, start the conversation with kids and you're not really sure how to start it. Uh, what I like about that, and I do encourage parents if they want to listen in, is that it's a good starting point, right? And then you can build from there. So when we talk about resumes, for example, then uh, you know, after that, you could say, hey, let's start working on your resume together, right, as a parent. Um, so you could really encourage your kids. And if they have questions, hopefully you can answer them too for them. So Awesome. And where do you hang out online most? Is Instagram where you hang out the most? Or which social platform do you kind of spend the most time yeah. or like the most? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Instagram and Facebook are kind of my two uh, most where I'm on there the most for sure I still like Facebook I'm a little bit old school I still like Facebook because there's good conversation on there Mm -hmm. uh, I find and I really enjoy the conversation with people Uh, but yeah I'm on both both platforms quite a bit awesome well thank you so much for taking the time to share some of your knowledge about wealth creation and even just about creating a business from things you love to do and from what the universe is asking you to do with your life um, was really inspiring. Is there anything you want to leave Fempreneurs with before we hop off? No, just uh, I think always take action, be really intentional and yeah, be open to maybe what the next step is and just listening to what other people are saying about you or needs that they have um, and continue to look for those opportunities and keep growing. Nice. Thank you so much, Crystal. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Have a great day. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Hello, Fempreneurs. This is Laura, producer of the Fempreneur Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. 
If you want to hang out with Lindsay and I and other women like you, head over to femteen.com. We'd love to help you grow your business. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.